To our guests, I want to thank you again for being here and introduce you to the series that we are in. Actually, we're finishing today a series called Giving Thanks and has to do with the season that we're in. And you may say to yourself, this guy is going too far because Thanksgiving was Thursday. We're supposed to be out of the Thanksgiving series now. And that may be sort of the problem. You see, uh, to think of Thanksgiving and a time of gratitude and gratefulness for your blessings, it's wonderful to have a holiday that we do that. However, uh, that shouldn't just be for one time of the year. As we think about, uh, for the rest of you who are here last Sunday, uh, I gave you a challenge to overcome and to begin to choose joy in your life. Uh, I hope that you took that up, whether you're a chronic complainer. Uh, I guess I can confess, my wife put herself in this category, tending to be more negative than positive. And so she had her little rubber band. Uh, Her and a couple of her uh, uh, ladies in her small group made their rubber bands, and I don't know how many times she switched it back and forth. I don't need to get into that. But um, she, she took on that challenge and worked to be intentionally more positive. Or perhaps you're a periodic prayer and you're the type of person who only prays when you need something or only prays when life gets hard. And I challenge you to take three minutes this week to uh, you know, set an alarm on your phone and have regular, uh, consistent adoration and praise of God and thanksgiving and pouring out to God. So maybe you took up that challenge or maybe you're one of those people who are not very grateful. You're typically thankless. And you uh, took up the challenge to send out five messages this week, either on Facebook or text message. Uh, And to those of you who took up the challenge, I hope that it was helpful. I also hope that you continue carrying the spirit of gratitude and joy and gratefulness uh, because we're getting into a season where it's increasingly difficult to do that. As an example... It's the time of season when we put up Christmas decorations. Now, I know some of you love doing that. That's just your thing. Not my thing. Um, Just uh, in particular, the putting up of the Christmas lights outside the house. I don't know whose brilliant idea it was to string up the lights uh, at perilous heights all over your home and for neighbors to get in competition over who did the best job of that. But that's crazy. I did it yesterday, got up on the ladder, it started getting windy and dark, and I just finally said, that's it, I'm done. I wasn't very grateful at that moment. Uh, I'm not sure if you're going to have a few of those moments this season. My guess is you will, whether it's having people over, going to in-laws, having times when you're just fighting through the crowds and, and shopping and doing all of that that comes with this season, and you'll be tempted to lose sight of what's important. After Thanksgiving is over, will you still be giving thanks? I hope that you will, but that's what today's lesson is focused on because we typically as human beings are quick to forget. Thanksgiving was intended to be a holiday of gratefulness, of gratitude. The day originally was named a public A day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed and acknowledged with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God. But in this season, we quickly go from being thankful 
to being trampled. Um, Black Friday, this, this picture shows people trampling over each other for cheap goods mere hours after being thankful for what they already have. Now, I'm not picking on Black Friday shoppers. I've been one of the heathens that have done that. I've, I've done that myself. And it's not a bad thing if, you, if that's your thing. But it, it is a little ironic that right juxtaposed, right next to this uh, holiday of gratefulness and gratitude, and we did it around our family as well. You know, we took, the, took out the Black Friday ads and we started looking through and seeing all the stuff that we didn't know we needed. Um, so... In these moments, I hope that you do not forget. That's been a human condition for a long time. I love the song that says, remember I'm human, and humans forget. We are forgetful creatures. And today, what I want to call you to do is to remember. Not just for a day, not just for a week, not just while you're on break, but as a lifestyle. Um, I know James read from Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to get back there, but if you're turning in your Bibles and you follow along, and I'm grateful for those who do, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 6, is where we're going to start this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 6 says, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to Him and revering Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams and deep springs for the Lord your God. I'm sorry, deep springs gushing out into the valleys and the hills. A land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. A A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out out of the hills. Note carefully verse 10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord for your, the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I'm giving you today. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. It's easy to pick on Black Friday shoppers, but if we're truthful and we're honest, uh, all of us do that. All All of us get into times when we are forgetful, when we forget how far we've come and where God has led us. And so it's important for us to take time, and I think it's certainly appropriate to do during worship, to remember what he's done. Verse 6 says simply this, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. So that's our first point. The first thing that we need to do is to remember his commands. Be careful. The, verse 1 of that same chapter says, be careful to do 
all that I am telling you today. Then you will live and have many children and go in the, into the own land the Lord promised to give your fathers. Psalm 119, verse 105, a verse that we should know well. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When we think about God's word, it's, it's good to read it. It's good to open it up on Sunday morning. It's good to be thinking about it in class and to discuss it as a small group. But on the back of my phone, I have a, a light here. And you can't see that light because I don't have it on and because the lights up there are on. That light is there for a purpose. It's always with me. It shows me not only my path, where I'm headed, but it also shows me my feet, where I'm going. It lights up anything that I want it to light up at the moment that I need it, but it is never of any use to anyone until I slide it up and turn it on. It, it, I hope you understand what I'm saying. It, it, the Word of God, the Bible that you carry, perhaps it, it's on your phone or your iPad, it, that doesn't do anyone any good, including you, until you open it up and you begin to apply, to engage the Word in your life. It's one thing to know it, to talk about it, to hear it, but it's another thing entirely to live it and to practice it. This is what the Lord God says. Be, be careful to do all the, observe all the commands the Lord your God. Uh, be careful to do all that I am telling you today. God what, didn't just want his people to know his word and to recognize how valuable it was. He needed them to put it into practice. It was true back then and it was, it's still true today. Over Thanksgiving break, you have a lot more free time, and you maybe you do around your house, I do, kind of go around and tend to things that need tending to. And so I walk downstairs, and where Tyler's room is, I noticed that it was a complete mess. He wasn't there, so I put a little note on the door. Tyler, please clean your room as quickly as possible. Dad. Words of adoration and love there. I went back to doing some other things, and he came up to me, and I asked him, I said, Tyler, did you see the note? He said, yes, I read it several times. I even got a little wristband to put around my wristband to remind me to read that note often. I got so good at reading it that I memorized the note. Memorized exactly what you said, word for word. Um, I decided I wanted to be really intense study, and I, I found uh, versions of that note in other languages. I now know the Greek word for clean. Um, I got a group of my friends from down in the loft group, and we had met together as a small group, and we discussed what it means to have a clean room and how it must feel to have a room that really honors our Father. Here's an idea. Maybe you should just clean your room. Oh, Father, that's a silly idea. Now, this didn't happen, of course, but it's a good example of what we do with our Father. He gives us the instructions, plain and clear, tells us what to do, 
And sometimes he'll tell us the why, but not often. He just tells us what to do. And we read it, we memorize it, we think about it, we discuss it, we listen to it, we podcast it, we live stream it, we get in small groups to discuss it. And all of that's fine as long as you don't miss the first step of doing what it says to do. The New Testament equivalent in James says this, Do not merely listen to the word, this is James 1.22, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Isn't that interesting? I find it interesting that there's a verse that says, do not listen to the word. And it says even it, it, you can permeate your mind and your heart with listening to the word of God and deceive yourselves because you're not doing what it says to do. Then he says, walk in obedience to him and reverence to him. And as I thought about that, you can obey God without being reverent toward God. Jesus said of the Pharisees and the leaders of the day, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They went through the motions. They did the things which they were commanded. But in their heart, they were far from the Lord. You can be reverent to God without obeying God. In Acts chapter 10, there's a story of a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. Now, this, uh, Cornelius was a God-fearing. He was a good man. In many ways, the scripture describes his goodness. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. But yet, he was not a Christian. He hadn't yet done what God asked him to do. So you can obey God without being reverent. You can revere God without obeying God. But God wants you to be obedient and reverent. And that's important for us to do. Not just to think and hear and let God's word permeate, but to do it. To put it into practice. And By the way, don't pick on Tyler. He generally keeps a very clean room. Number two. Remember his blessings. And, and this is one that is so hard for us to do. It is one that is um, so hard for us to do because the blessings are so uh, available and immediate. I'm not sure if you have this problem, but around this season of life, people start asking, well, what would you like for Christmas? And you say, I don't really know. My, my closet that I could walk into is full of clothes that I don't wear. My kitchen is full of food that I don't eat. I have all sorts of blessings that I don't even use. I have to begin to try to think up a list just to give people ideas of what they could give me that I don't already have. And when I want something, we are so blessed in this land, even the most poor people almost can invariably go out and get what they need. When we live in such a land of blessing, it's easy to forget. Living in the land of blessing is not a bad thing. God provided the land of blessing to his people. The problem was not the blessings. The problem was forgetting from where they came. Every blessing that you have... Every blessing came from someone else other than you. 
The land Israel was about to enter was very different from the desolate wilderness that they had just left. Um, And as Israel was coming into it, God read, as James read from Deuteronomy chapter 6, they were about to enjoy someone else's blessings. He was bringing them into a a land flourishing with cities they didn't build. Houses filled with good things they didn't provide. They would drink from wells that they didn't dig and vineyards and olive groves that they didn't plant. And then you will eat and satisfied. But if when you do that, don't forget the Lord. How many of the things that you have are things provided by other people? They are a blessing from someone else and you forget. You forget how much of that didn't come from your hands. I've shared with you that... um, a couple of years ago, my grandmother, Levering, passed away. They're in the process of uh, selling the farm and some other things. And it occurred to me as we went and met together as grandchildren to go through the house where they had lived most of their lives, that we were looking at a house full of things that weren't from us. They weren't our blessings, and yet they were being passed on to us. And that was true with the grandchildren and certainly true with the children as well. Everything we have comes from someone else. But to continue that thought, everything that you have now will eventually end up in someone else's hands. Everything that you have will end up in someone else's hands. Remember that before they were in anyone's hands, they were the Lord's. His blessings were always yours, uh, his, before they were yours. So don't enjoy his blessings and revel in them without remembering him. I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. And for those of you who are there, I appreciate that. Um, Close your eyes for just a minute and imagine the plate that you had to enjoy on Thanksgiving. Uh, I know people enjoy non-traditional Thanksgivings and things, but I'm just going to describe for you my plate. I had a little turkey on one side, mashed potatoes on the other, some green beans, and a hot buttered roll, and uh, a little bit of gravy on the turkey and the mashed potatoes. Now, you can imagine your own plate if you like, but as you open your eyes, I want you to try to imagine one single thing on that plate that didn't come from God's hand. Uh, We have a lot of city kids in the audience, but turkeys don't come from Dylan's. God gave you that turkey. God gave you those potatoes. God gave you the wheat. God gave you the flour. God gave you the eggs to make the rolls. God gave you the cows to make the butter. Every single blessing on your plate, even the plate itself, came from God. It should fill us with gratitude of the greatest kind. And of course, I hope that you remembered to grab another plate and fill it as full as you could with pie. The greatest blessing on God's green earth. It came from Him. All of those blessings came from him, and he gave them to you because he's good. And we shouldn't be ashamed of the blessings or feel bad about the blessings or apologize for them, but we ought to never forget 
from whose hand they come. Remember his blessings were his before they were yours. And long after you're gone, those blessings will still be his. His blessings only last for a time, but he is eternal. The blessings will slip from your hands, but if you love him, you can have him forever. Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. Which brings us to our final point. Remember to praise him. Verse 10 and 11 says this. When you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. I'm not sure exactly what you did when you got to that point of being painfully full. Maybe you got up to help clear the table and do the dishes. Perhaps you found a, a, a nice, comfortable spot and tried to take a nap. Perhaps you pulled out the Black Friday ads. Perhaps you sat around and watched some football. I'm not sure what you did. My question is, did you praise him after the meal? It's easy to praise him before the meal. And I'm not necessarily saying you all had to stop and bow in prayer. But, but after the blessings, after the plates are emptied, after you enjoy the goodness, do you stop to thank God for all he's done? Psalm 150 says in part, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We can pick on the Israelites. How could they forget God so quickly? Easy. They forgot to thank him. They forgot. They became so focused on the blessings that they forgot the blesser. Can we do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just as easy of a temptation to slip into. Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 says that before... You go worry about the shopping list. Before you worry about Black Friday or Cyber Monday, Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Again, I'm not picking on either Black Friday or Cyber Monday or any of the things that come around this season. I'm just pointing out how easy it is to forget. To move past, to say, well, Thanksgiving's over, so our time of giving thanks is over. No, that's not how it should be. God wants us to remember. So I leave with you this morning three simple ways to remember. One, I want to call you to remain thankful. If you keep a, a journal, if you don't, I would, I would encourage you to start. I would just give you this simple task. Write down four simple things you're thankful for. A day. And it can be, you know, the, the three-year-old prayer. Thank you for the lights and for the, for the paint and for the clothes and for the food and just everything you can think of. Just write four. This time next year, you'll have pages and pages of well over a thousand blessings that God has given you. And I bet it won't be hard to do. But if you just simple practice that simple discipline of four things you're thankful for, it will change you. It will change your perspective. It will help you be a more grateful and great, great-filled person. 
Number two, be content. Appreciate where you are and who you are with and what you have right now. It's so easy to focus on where you're not. Pull out social media and see what everybody else is doing and think, ah, oh, i got to be doing that as well. Or, or to think about who you're with and, and who you wish you could be with. Or to think about what you don't have instead of all that you do have. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. We're so busy paying attention to where others are and what others are doing and what others have. I want to challenge you to be grateful and content for the life that God gave you. Because it's your story he's writing, so don't focus on someone else's story. And finally, number three, focus on him, not yourself. If you're still in Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 12, it's interesting to pay attention to this in the text. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. But he led you out to the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of the hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors have never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end it might be well with you. You may say to yourself... My power and my strength and my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It's so interesting to me that the source of their problems, God predicts it would be when they would focus on themselves. But when you focus on God and you remember all that he's given you and all the blessings he's poured into your life, That you neither earned nor deserve. It fills you with gratitude. And then what do you do as a natural result? Hopefully you focus on others. How you can give and how you can share with them. When you focus on him, you always get a, a greater perspective. And you'll win the race. For a runner to win the race, I don't care if it's a 5K or a marathon. He or she has to do one thing. And that's focus on the finish line. Our finish line, of course, is Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. You can't even win the race unless you focus on the finish. Jesus is the finish, but Jesus is also the beginning. He is the last step, but he's also the first step. And if you haven't, if you focused on the words of Jesus and you've read the words of Jesus and you've thought about the words of Jesus and you've listened to the words of Jesus, but you haven't done what Jesus said to do, then you haven't yet begun the race. And so I want to call you to what Jesus said to do. He said, if you'll believe and be baptized, then you can have eternal life. And when you do that, your journey begins. Your journey begins and will end with Jesus Christ. 
And of, uh, to him we must be eternally grateful. And when we're grateful to him, his word and his spirit will change us for the better. If you, this morning, have not yet begun your journey with Jesus, and you're ready to take the first step of faith and repentance and baptism, we'll be glad to help you do that. Our shepherds will meet you down front. If you have another need, maybe you've been overwhelmed by the holiday season, you're not as grateful as you should be, you're struggling with, with uh, fear and anxiety and worry, my guess is you're focused on you and you're not focused on Him. If you have a need to get your focus in the right place, We'd love to pray with you and encourage you and help you. Whatever you need you have, if there is one, come forward. We'll meet you down front as together we stand and sing.